When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 104.9 AM 1260 and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Heck of a Monday on B&E. Well, it's a heck of a Monday because it was a heck of a weekend. A lot going on. Longhorn baseball, emphatic sweep of West Virginia. Outscored the Mountaineers 29-9. Had to sweep it. Man, left no doubt. And I just saw where a tweet from Kendall Rogers, who runs D1Baseball.com, was asked by a uh, reader, are the Longhorns uh, getting close to hosting a NCAA regional after what we've seen, uh, Kendall's response was, it is close, but I, I'd narrowly have Texas in as a host now. Play well in Arlington and things will take care of themselves. So, yeah, that's where the Longhorns are. Who would have thought hosting a regional was even close to possible a month ago when they got swept by Oklahoma? But they've done what they needed to do. They battled and they put it here. Also over the weekend, uh, Longhorn softball advances to the Super Regional round for Coach Mike White. You know, this is where... Last week, one of the buck-offs and one of the uh, uh, the uglies was this seeding that the Longhorns received from the NCAA tournament. You know, that Oklahoma State, in their own conference, who the Longhorns finished higher than and swept in the regular season, finished was given a sixth seed. They almost have the same records, and Texas has a better resume, especially head-to-head. They were given a sixth seed. Texas was given a 13. And so now Texas has to travel to Knoxville after knocking off and winning in the Austin Regional. Whereas a team like Oklahoma State gets to stay home if they get through, and that's that's uh, NCAA shame on them. I don't know. I'm still not, not that sure ain't how right. Much. I mean, how you compare Oklahoma State and Texas. It's one thing you know everybody feels like they got underseeded sometimes, but at the same time, when you can compare them head to head with Oak State, who got a top eight, and Texas all the way down at thirteen, that didn't make any sense. And they went out and played like it this weekend. Control what you can control, and they did that this weekend. Also, as we said, Austin FC, I know coming up tonight at 7 o'clock, Glenn Davis will have Soccer Matters here on the horn, and all of a sudden the Austin FC matter. They've won two games in four days. Uh, they pick up six big points and maybe uh, resuscitate their season. Could be the start. Yeah, well, they were so bad for two months. And remember, they had eight matches where there were a total of 24 points available, and they only picked up four uh, over that stretch. Well, in four days, they picked up six with two wins at Seattle and over Toronto FC on Saturday night. So that's a that's a big jump start, uh, and they're going to get Sebastian Driussi back here at some point into the summertime, and uh, so Austin FC with a good weekend, not a good night for Texas Stars hockey. They lost their season's over, beaten by Milwaukee five to two. I don't I don't have any clarification on this, and I I mean I'm not a big into the to the rosters of hockey, but they did uh, by by some accounts they had some guys from their big league club, right, the NHL team for Nashville who didn't make the playoffs drop down to play for the Milwaukee Admirals, which maybe tipped the balance a little bit. Yeah, which they do every all, yeah, all the I'm, time. I mean, look, if you're an organization and you're not in the playoffs, you're going to keep your young young players playing and get them some 
opportunities at a championship play play for a championship. It's good for your organization, good for their development. But unfortunately, or, or fortunately, the Texas Stars didn't have that luxury because the Dallas Stars are still playing. That's right. They're playing the Las Vegas uh, Golden Knights in the Stanley Cup semifinals. So of uh, the West. So then they're down 2-0 after two overtime losses. Also, Buck, we mentioned the, the base Major League Baseball Rangers and Astros sweep last place teams this weekend. Houston has this week. If you're playing Oakland, Oakland's like 10 and 38 now. Like they're 10 and 38. They're really awful. You have to sweep them. They're bad pitching. They're bad hitting. Uh, they are a minor league team right now. The Rangers got Astros got the return of Jose Altuve and um, went out and swept them. They didn't hit the cover off the ball, but they won all three games with Framber Valdez with a complete game. Astros are playing good, but they're still two back of the Rangers, who are now 12 games over 500. First time they've been there since 2016, that far over the 500 mark. And how about the Rangers? They have the RBI leader in Major League Baseball, in Adolis Garcia, El Bombe. He has, hey, has almost 50 RBIs already. Uh, but the Rangers have four players with 30 or more RBIs. No one else has more than two. The Rangers are a run-scoring machine right now, and they're pitching pretty well. Uh, they're a really good-looking club. So the Astros and Rangers look like it'll be a, a race all summer. Astros did get Altuve back. They're hoping to get Michael Brantley back and Lance McCullers back here at some point. But they're hanging in there because this Ranger team is – and if the Astros didn't hit this little streak here where they went had an undefeated homestand and um, finished up their road trip last one pretty good – there, they'd be way back, but only two back of the Rangers. Rangers already played the A's, haven't they? Yes. And when you play in the A's, you better win them. <laughs> yeah. They're so bad. You better win them. You can't even call for one up. But the Rangers did. Rangers took three out of four. They lost one of them, but I guess that's acceptable. It's going to happen sometimes, but the Rangers are winning a lot of ball games. And then there's Brooks Kepka, once again, has risen to the top of the golf world. And when he's healthy, he has no peer uh, on these tough golf courses. 66 Saturday in the rain, 67 yesterday in Rochester to win the PGA Championship by a couple of strokes over Victor Hovland and Scotty Scheffler. Uh, that's the, the winner. The story became Michael Block, the uh, PGA teaching pro. But can we hear this? You know, We've already had this debate. We talked about it last week because I, I made Brooks Kepka one of my favorites to win this thing. Uh, I think Hovland I had as a, one, one guy I liked. You like Rom, but you know, it was not a good weekend no. for him. Good Friday, a good Thursday for him. He shot his way out of it. But um, Scotty Scheffler was right there too. And just, you know, for Scotty, the uh, first seven holes on Saturday did him in. Scotty was four over, had four bogeys in those first seven or eight holes, and he was never able to make that back up. If he makes pars there, he's right in this thing yesterday. Yeah, it was just tough to get into it because it was wet. Oh, and... pouring down rain. Grain was, I mean, you're, if you've ever played in the rain, it's miserable. I mean, your hands are slipping on the club and the putts don't roll like they normally would. And that's why Brooks Kepka's shooting a 66 Yeah, in that the rain. dude just wears a shirt. He doesn't even put a jacket on. Rain. He just goes. That dude's an assassin. It's pretty great. Well, let's listen to this. So apparently here's Brad Faxon and uh, Brandel Shambly having the debate that we had earlier this morning. You know, Brooks Kepka can't qualify automatically for the U.S. Ryder Cup team, but he could be a captain's pick by Captain Zach Johnson. Here's Brad Faxon making the case for, and the lifetime Longhorn Brandel Shambly saying not so fast. Um, the USGA will let those same exempt players already play. The PGA of America runs the Ryder Cup. I don't think this has anything to do with, they're not playing for money at the Ryder Cup, Brandel. They're playing for their country. He's an American. They're playing for their country. They're not, they're not, they're not playing for their tour. They're just playing for their country. There's certainly a sense that the Europeans are playing for their, their tour. Yeah, I think you're right. You make a reasonable point. They're not playing for their, their tour. They're just playing for their country. Well, they're playing golf. <laughs> All right, so the, he disagrees. Thinks no. Brandel Chambly says no, he can't. 
Uh, it'll be up to Zach Johnson. And you wonder how much pressure the PGA Tour will exert Put on Zach on this. On, on either way, you mean? Well, Zach Johnson wants to win the damn thing. Of course, yeah. You're a captain, captain. Yeah, your legacy is winning it. And if Brooks Koepka is healthy and available, I mean, whatever debates we've had about live golf and how political it's become and charged it's become, for the Ryder Cup, you want to win it. And he is an American. He is healthy. Uh, I don't. He had a decision coming. to make. Now the Europeans have already taken a stand. Taking a stand. On oh, they're, they're done. The you know the best players in Europe who have gone to live can't play. On the European, so the so Zach Johnson's likely to win this thing. There'll be a bunch of DP Bur- tour guys on their team. Well, think about that, right? When you're talking about, you're not going to have Sergio Garcia, Ian Poulter, um, Colin Montgomery, all these guys who have been the the dominant forces on their tour. Well, guess what? You're going to have Rory and Rosie, I guess. But I mean, Zach Johnson can likely win it as the captain without choosing Brooks Koepka, because the USA is going to be at a distinct advantage even with the PGA players. They choose to do it that way. Yeah, that'll be a big debate. Now, there's still the U.S. Open. There's still the Open Championship, uh, the FedEx Cup, and then the Ryder Cup right into the start of football season. But uh, somebody said U.S. American. Yes, he is a U.S. American. That's right. He is a U.S. American. But he sided with the Saudis, they're going to say. That'll be the debate. But uh, I, I did, again, I said this last week, but I, I find it interesting. Listening to Brooks Kepka's pre-tournament thoughts, uh, my, my read of it was... I want to say he regrets joining Liv. I just don't think if, if he was were as healthy as he is right now that he would have joined Liv. I think he would have stayed. Um, no, but, if he was whipping ass every week and, and feeling yeah, good. I think, and, and there's, a, there's kind of a consensus of the insiders of golf that Brooks Kepka he did it because he didn't know when he was going to get healthy. And remember, he shattered his kneecap trying to put it back in place. He, yeah, he was going on like year number three of being Yeah, it had been three years. Up. He couldn't even put a tee in the ground without excruciating pain. Uh, and it was almost like, you know what? I don't know when this is going to get healthy, and they're offering me $100 million, I'll go. But there's almost a, a resignation that, man, if I, I'd like to be back here. But at the same time, he's got the money, and now he's winning majors again. Right. And, um, well, look, history will tell the story however this thing plays out. And the, the legacies, because that's what the PGA Tour is about. That's the argument the PGA players make. This is about history. This is about legacy. This is about, you know, how you're going to be written about years and years from now. And if you're an older player like Phil Mickelson, no big deal. The best part of your career is over. But Brooks Koepka is right in the heart of his prime. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, right in the heart of his prime. You know, Cal, uh, Cam Smith, those kind of players. Well, if they're allowed to play in these majors, it's still going to be there's right. their legacy because that's yep, what it's all sure. about. 100%. 100%. But um, Bryce, Br- Brooks Koepka was phenomenal. And that 66 Saturday while everyone else was struggling was just, I know he was good yesterday, but it was almost a foregone conclusion when he put himself up there yesterday and then started with three birdies and four holes. See you later. Uh, Carmelo Anthony just announced his retirement, Buck. See you later. So he's officially done 19 now? 19 years done. done. He was at the, the last time the Knicks played, he was at the game hanging out. The, well, that's well, he played for the Knicks for a long yeah, time, right? Yeah, he was just hanging out with his wife. All right, on the Longhorn baseball front, uh, let me play this for you. This is a good one. This is uh, Jared Thomas, the young freshman who, starting the season, we, you know, we, the thing we now know about this Texas team uh, is that they're really good, and they may be able to play their way into hosting a regional. But when we started the season, I remember our first visit with Coach Pearson was kind of like, who are all these guys? I mean, who, who are we talking about here? Uh, you know, Give us a rundown of some of these players. And Jared Thomas and, and Jalen Flores are two freshmen who are going to start at the corners. Remember, you're replacing uh, Skylar Messenger and Ivan Melendez, who were great players the year before in the run to Omaha. Ivan Melendez had the greatest offensive season in program history. And you got a freshman from Waxahachie and a freshman from San Antonio – 
manning the corners to start the season. Uh, man, how was that going to go? Plus all these new transfers, 19 new players, and three new, two new coaches to the staff. And um, just the uncertainty was certainly there, and they went through their ups and downs. But here they are. And a big part of the weekend, Buck, was Jared Thomas batting at the top of the order. You know, this offense has really jumped, you know, a different gear when they put him in the in the mm-hmm. one hole. He bats from the left side. He takes great at bats. He's really fast. Uh, he can run when he gets on base, and he's a really troubling, tough guy to get out. So you put him ahead of Peyton Powell, and then ahead of Dylan Campbell, and then ahead of Gilmet and Porter Brown, and Ian. And it's really stretched out this lineup and allowed him to be the facilitator. Here's Jared Thomas, the freshman, after uh, a big weekend that he had in the win on Saturday. Yeah, Jared. I mean, what does this feel like? A freshman comes in like a freshman. And you've watched University of Texas for a long time play baseball. What's it feel like to be part of this? Uh, it feels awesome, man. I, uh, I, you know, that's why I chose to come. Came or I, that's why I chose to come here. Um, just being able to, you know, have moments like this, win, win Big Twelve championships, um, you know, and 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 play in the postseason. Hopefully for a long time. First at bat every game in the bottom of the first. You got things rolling and you guys scored. Uh, how locked in were you? And, and kind of what was your mindset? Yeah, I mean, I was I was really locked in. I, I think, um, you know, a lot of guys could say this. We kind of came in with a chip on our shoulder this weekend just because, you know, we we didn't have anything to lose. We had everything to gain. So um, me just going out there and, you know, just being really aggressive, like playing with a little bit of a fire underneath me kind of helped. And then this one got a little dicey because you, you, they, they shut you down for a few innings and they, right. they crept back in it. But defensively, uh, what did you see from your guys? And I know you were a big part of it as well. That's uh, the aspect that when you're looking at runs, sometimes you forget right. about what you guys are doing in the field. Yeah, I think defense is something we pride ourselves on. Um, you know, I think, you know, we have, a, we have a really good fielding percentage. I think, you know, the fielding is one thing that's, that's always there for us. Um, you know, it. Hopefully it makes the pitchers a little bit more confident to go out there and just, you know, give them, give the hitters their stuff. Uh, they don't have to do anything special, strike a bunch of guys out. I mean, y'all, y'all seen it, you know, day in, day out. We, we got a really good um, defense out on that field, and, you know, I, I like where we are right now. Is that final play, I know it's so much so instincts, but what's it like watching it to kind of transform before your eyes, that double play? Uh, you know, it's, it's special, especially knowing – you know, you see, I see it happen in practice a thousand times. So that just being able to see that out there live, it, it, it makes it that much special, that much more special. It makes us know that the work that we're putting in is right. And then you get to celebrate twice. Uh, you got to got to grind it through that review. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, celebrating it twice maybe made us appreciate it a little bit more. All right. See you in Arlington. Thanks, Jared. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Compare Jared Thomas Buck, who went seven for 13, seven for 13, scored two, four, seven runs on the weekend from the top of the order, drove in five or six uh, with the guy who's likely to be the conference player of the year in J.J. Weatherholt. The Longhorn pitching staff held him to two hits in 13 at-bats. And the double play he was talking about came in the eighth inning of that game with uh, inside six outs to play. As we talk about with Texas baseball, they had uh, you know created a rally and they were only down – Three or four runs at the time, and the Longhorns pulled an incredible double play uh, to get out of that inning. Weatherholt was the he grounded into it, hit it hard, but Texas had him played perfectly. They get out of the frame, uh, and you know when you have a freshman like that outplay the conference player of the year, like like he did this weekend. And gosh, Peyton Powell was just as good behind Jared Thomas. Dylan Campbell continues to rake in the three hole. He extended his hitting streak. Porter Brown had the big weekend. I mean, it was total team effort. As bad as they were against Oklahoma a month ago was as good as they were this weekend. I mean, everything was was clicking. They played like a total team. 
Yeah, I mean, like you said, they're doing it on all fronts. They're they're doing it with their pitching. The defense has been solid all year. They've gotten better, you know, and their defense is just – they never let that get away from me, that defense. Well, that's what was frustrating during the middle of the year when they were struggling and they – with their walks and yeah, all that walks. stuff, bat, hit batters. Yeah, they had the they had the, the, the best pitching ERA and, and the best defense in the conference and a, and a good offense. Yet they were just the free passes. I mean, yep. that's why it's called a free pass when you're giving people base runners, whether you're hitting them or walking them and not pitching to contact. You're not taking advantage of that defense. No, they didn't have a bunch of errors. They just put people on. Yeah, and you know, once you get guys on base, then you, you know, changes your defensive to change the way a pitcher pitches. And that's the, what the Longhorns did the other way around. They took everything away from West Virginia. They couldn't get their running game going because they were trailing in every game. Uh, they couldn't put people in motion for that reason. And you know, Texas just jumped out to big leads every game. And uh, you know, it's almost like Randy Mazie in the West Virginia. I was like, oh my gosh, here we go again. Yep. Buzzsaw, buzzsaw, and uh, changes how you you approach every every inning. And the Longhorns played with. I, I believe the way it went, West Virginia hit a home run in the first inning of the first game off Lucas Gordon. Went one up, one nothing. The Longhorns scored four in the bottom of the frame and never trailed the rest, the of, the rest series. of the series. That was dominant. And that's why they're now being talked about as a host, which no one would have thought even a couple of weeks ago. They will play Wednesday afternoon at the Big 12 Baseball Yeah, they just got to tournament. keep taking care of their business. They can't well, think I, of anything as automatic. They need a couple wins. We've played, and thanks to Roger Wallace and Craig for having those great interviews after the game and amidst the celebration, but... You know, you've heard about four different players say chip on the shoulder, chip on the shoulder, and a lot of them talked about that San Jose State game where they lost game one of that doubleheader and they kind of right. gave it away. Uh, that's the kind of edge you can't you can't drop your drop Mm-mm. your guard, and if you don't, and this is what can happen. Uh, and this team kind of finally figuring that out, and it feels like right at the right time, it's all coming together for them because you know they've had the pitching with Lucas Gordon and and especially LeBaron Johnson Jr. of late, and now Tanner Witt's coming. And getting better and better, he had three innings of scoreless baseball to start the game Saturday. And uh, your sister's West Virginia Mountaineers. Took it on the chin. Took it right in the chin. Right in the kisser. Ouch. And, yes, they didn't go home, by the way. They did not no, travel they back stayed. to Morgantown. They stayed here. They're yep. heading up to Arlington. Big 12 tournament this week. They'll be one of the you know, th- three that claim the Big 12 championship. But uh, Texas is the champion because they're the one seed. And they got, Sorry, the, they got the trophy. It's not the fall, so... The West Virginia Carnies can't get to work up there at the fairgrounds. Isn't it a bummer that Texas football in their last year in the Big 12 doesn't play West Virginia this year? They're one of the two off the schedule, Oak State and West Virginia. Is that a bummer? Oh, I never really cared I think, I, I, think I was being facetious. <laughs> that seems like a game that no one ever really cares about that we almost lose. Well, that would have been th- I'm trying to, that would have been there, correct? Or would that have been here if they had played it? Because West Virginia played here last year, correct? Do my memory serve me properly? It would be, a, it would be there. So you don't have to go to Morgantown. That's probably a good thing. Yeah. Uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma State would have been here because you were in Stillwater last year, most likely. We're done with you, Gundy. See ya. Bring on Houston and BYU. Where's the boy on a bicycle? Hopefully not coming. <laughs> He's not coming. That dude ripped through that Texas a couple of times back in the day. in New Orleans. It plays for the Saints now. Taysom Hill. Um, yes. Okay, so uh, there's baseball good. Golf good. And... Uh, is there anybody that dominated a, a football team like Taysom Hill did to, to Texas over those two years? I never saw anybody just... Vince Young did a few times. I mean, no, singly dominate Texas, no. Well, you're talking about the Longhorns? Yeah, like one dominated, yeah. Quentin Griffin? Oh, oh my God, is he still scoring? <laughs> Quentin Griffin at Oklahoma. He'll always be able to say that bring one. that up. Yeah. Come on, man. Guys who... Kyler Murray? Bum rush no. Texas? 
Kyler yeah. Murray single-handedly almost brought them back to win that that Cameron. They Dicker lost. Game. I know, but I've no, never I've never was seen someone. It's only one. So the Bucky's point of the Taysom Hill, you might have been too young. He, I remember the Taysom. Oh Hill. yeah, you were old. Enough. Oh yeah, he on, dominated on two twice. occasions. Oh, I remember on two that. occasions. He went full like like Vince Young on Texas. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I'm like he had like double knee braces on. Too. <laughs> yeah, like, like yeah, this guy like coming out of they, they, yeah. that's what they were talking about was his injuries all the time. Like Forrest Gump, like a little kid with polio. He oh ran, man, ran through the defense. He ran for like run, 300 Forrest, yards. Run, wasn't it like 300? Oh yards? my god, it was unbelievable. He's run all the way to the NFL and a successful oh, yeah. career there with the New Orleans Saints. But yes, I, it was one of those where you didn't expect like who is this guy? With oh, he's not going to break it loose. He's not breaking loose. He's going to outrun those guys. That, those were the really? Ger- Gerard Hurd days, right? When he, um, they may have been. Because I think no, that was the quarterback nightmare days. One of those years, I remember he broke. Gerard Hurd broke the record for total yards, all-purpose yards well, against Cal, and we lost. Well, the that second was, the second time it happened. At BYU, because oh. remember, it happened here the first time. And so there were no surprise when we went out there and you knew this Taysom Hill guy could do some things. That would have left the defense coordinator yeah, in the Manny airport. Yeah, Diaz wasn't allowed on the plane home. You're fired. You're out. <laughs> nope, remember, Find your own way home. Remember, that was Mac's last year. And oh. Mac, was, Mac knew if he didn't win the Big 12, he was going to be gone. Or at least that was the agreement, allegedly, that was made. And uh, his defense was leaky, to say the least. And yeah, Greg Robinson, who had been brought in as an advisor that summer, was immediately made the defensive coordinator. And to this day, Mac Brown says that's one of his best coaching jobs. He, he kind of did a David Pierce that year. They were really bad and then fired the defensive coordinator. All of a sudden, they were they played for the Big 12 championship that year and lost to Baylor and Art Bryles on a frigid Saturday. And that's what began the end of Mac Brown at Texas and the Nick Saban I did not go up for that game. I heard it was a cold one. It was freezing. Like, it was, yeah, uh, not, not good. And that's how Mac's tenure at Texas ended. And Taysom Hill began, lit the fuse, essentially. But yes, BYU will come in here as part of the... Run, Forrest, run! That's not right. <laughs> Just go, man. You and Bob Huggins in sensitivity training. We'll be back. Yeah. Be any other horn. It's Bucky and Aaron. Oh, man. Sports. Sports. This weekend is, oh, I think most weekends are, but this one in particular reminds you of what we love about sports, the un- unknown, the uncertainty. An eighth seed in Miami is almost uh, into the NBA Finals. 11-3 and three now Miami. What do you think? Who saw that coming when this playoffs began? The Denver Nuggets are a win away from their first ever trip to uh, the NBA Finals. Gosh, how about the Austin FC? I mean, who would have thought two wins in four days after not winning for two months? Pretty incredible. And then, of course, at the PGA Championship, Brooks Koepka, um is back and Brooksy. wins the Wanamaker Trophy. You know, wasn't able to hold off John Rahm in the final round at the Masters, but this one he had no peer. Texas baseball. And I was not cheering for him, by the way. I was just kind of resigned to it. I was I was hoping Scotty could get there. Scotty Scheffler, because his start on Saturday, just he could never recover those four four strokes and you know, four bogeys and seven holes, which is un, very un, un- Scotty like yeah, make, I mean, once again, his putting got him yeah, again. But he was right there, finished two strokes back, along with Victor Hovland, who's going to get over the hump at some point, too, you have to think. But uh, I don't know that I was rooting for him. I was just resigned. Because every time they'd do the, do the shot tracer, his ball would be going right at the pin. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that's guy's good. Uh, Brooksy's back with the iron play. Uh, he's just blading every just. Boy, when he gets smooth. a wedge in his hand, I mean, when he was in that deep well, rough, Some I'm of like, those shots are coming out with, like, long irons, six irons. Yeah. Like, right on line. Like, not even off line at all. 
dropping right next to the pin. It's unbelievable, that guy. I didn't uh, realize him. He doesn't have prime. that girl. He's married now. Jenna Sims, yes. Jenna Sims. You need to watch Full Swing. You don't have Netflix? I don't watch that. Full Come on, man. Anymore. It's good. And there's a whole series where he and Jenna are hanging out in the pool a lot. It means Jenna in a bathing suit. She's a former swimsuit model. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jenna Sims. Yeah, they're married now. I think she's with child now. Is she not? Oh, yeah, she... yeah, yeah. They're going to become parents. You're right. You know what happens when you time. get in the pool? I don't know. Hey, now. Oh, look out in the pool. Hey, now. Uh, oh, by the way, I did see the premiere. They had the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition premiere party over the weekend. Ty's going to have to call up some pictures for you. Pretty good. One lady showed up, and she didn't have anything covering her buttocks. She had this see-through dress all the way to the bottom, and she was just, just all ha- booty, hanging the booty Ol- out Olivia there. Pon- Olivia Ponder, Olivia Ponton. She was full effect. Had her pontons out there. It's a new era. Hey now, Megan Fox was there. Of course, you could if you look at the pictures of Megan Fox now and her like ten years ago. She's had she's had a lot of work, a lot, a lot of work done. Uh, so that was certainly good. Texas baseball, I mean, gosh, you knew they needed a sweep. Could they get it? Not only did they get it, they dominated. Now they're a team nobody wants to play. That's a great thing. And then, of course, the story of the weekend is the 46-year-old club pro, club pro Michael Block, who just took the uh, the golf world by storm this weekend. No one knew who he was when the weekend began. Then he played his way into the cut. Remember, PGA Championship, the PGA of America runs the PGA Championship, and Every year, 20 of their teaching pros right. qualify to play in the tournament. And normally they come, you know, they don't make the cut. They're done by the weekend. They get their, their round of applause. And it's a great way to showcase. Play with the, with the pros. Yeah, play with the pros, showcase their, their, their teaching pros who help grow the game. Uh, well, Michael Block not only made the cut, he was in the mix and was playing with Rory McIlroy yesterday in one of the final four or five groups. And then on the 15th hole, he did this. Can we have Jim Nance again? This was unbelievable with the club pro from California. At the 15th. The fairy tale story. Gets better. Stinking hole in one, unbelievable. Stinking hole in one. And then he made a an equally impressive par putt. I mean, this oh, was yeah, a jar. Oh yeah, the up and down was unbelievable. How often do you see a hole in one in golf that doesn't hit the green? It means straight in, like whoop. It it dented the uh, back of the cup that they had to fix, scarred it up. So it obviously nicked that on its way down. But uh, straight up, straight down in the jar. One of those. That dude was having a good time all week. Unbelievable. I mean, that's a once in a while. He's forty six years old. He charges 125 bucks for a 45 minute lesson at a private at a public course in California. I mean, this guy's. Uh, I mean, for any of us, I mean, this is this is an absolute real life 10 cup. It really is. I mean, he's not the uh, the driving range pro from 
wherever the hell West Texas, but uh, pretty damn close. And he finished in the top 15. Now, he made a putt on 18 to secure his spot in the top 15, and that gets him into next year's PGA Championship at Valhalla. So he doesn't have to go out and qualify, be one of the 20 qualifiers. He's already in for next year. And then afterwards, uh, he became such a crowd sensation, the Colonial turned him up in Fort Worth, which tees off Thursday, invited him to on a sponsor's exemption, and then the RBC Canadian Open. So you're not done seeing Michael Block. Yeah, he's good for viewers right now. Oh, man, he's that's a story. Well, that's just a, a great sports story. That is, uh, uh, can we play that one more time, Ty? The, uh, him talking about, this was after Saturday when he was you know in the mix and had made the cut and it had already become a story. I mean, who, who knew where it was going to go yesterday? But uh, listen to Michael Block and his love for the game that he loves to teach. But uh, uh, this is pretty good stuff. You said it yesterday that this was the best week of your life. What do you call it now? Thanks, Amanda. I appreciate you making me cry. Um, uh, it's, it's amazing. Uh, I'm living a dream. I'm making sure that I enjoy this moment. I've learned that after the my 46 years of life that uh, it's not going to get better than this. There's no way. No chance in hell. So uh, I'm going to enjoy this, and thank you. We have loved watching you soak in every moment, and the cherry on top was what Jim Nance called an all-time up and down. This par save right here. What did you see? I hadn't made very many putts today. I, I rolled it the same the last three days, and today, just for some reason, the ball was going over the lip, and uh, that one snuck over the lip, and it made my day, and Roy was awesome, man. Everyone was awesome, and uh, I can't thank everybody enough for being so cool to me. And cheers to the 29,000 uh, PGA Tour professionals, PGA professionals in the world. I, uh, it was for you guys. Awesome. 29,000 teaching pros, PGA Tour professionals, 29,000. 300,000 in his pocket. And, uh, yeah, he made 300 grand. But he represented those guys uh, very, very well. And uh, he said on Saturday, the cut he played, we played earlier, where he said, I guarantee you no one on this property loves the game of golf more than I do. They may oh, like no, it as much, much as I do, but no yeah. one loves it more than I do. Uh, he is a golf nerd and teaching the game, and uh, that was the best thing I saw this weekend, without a doubt. Longhorn Baseball, a close second. Brooks Kepka a close third. Denver Nuggets, a close fourth, and uh, the worst thing I saw this weekend, the Boston Celtics. Their performance last night was, I mean, the Lakers are at least fighting. They're not as good as Denver, but they fought to the end. They got outplayed again in the fourth quarter by Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, and they're just a better team. Um, Boston, shame on them. That was lame. I mean, size of the fight and the dog or whatever. both of them, the Lakers and Boston. Well, the Lakers are fighting. They're trying, and they're playing hard. Uh, Are they going to win a game? Well, One game? Well, that's that's sports, though. They're not as good as the Denver Nuggets. They're just not. Um, they're, and that's credit to the Nuggets. But they're fighting. These are close games, down to the wire every time. The Celtics were down 30 points. They didn't even, I mean, where's the where's the urgency? Uh, I, we're talking about Joe Missoula having them ready to play, but you're pros. That's the Boston Celtics jersey you're wearing. That's embarrassing to be that bad, in my mind. But, yes, they're both down 3-0. Loss is a loss, but... There's a way you lose, right? Uh, but because we talked about uh, earlier uh, BYU and Texas, because uh, our man CB pointed out that uh, when Texas gave up over 550 rushing yards to BYU uh, with Taysom Hill, Ooh. there's a picture he sent us with Rod Babers. Rod Babers from the afternoon show is the sideline reporter at the time. He is behind, and he's looking at Manny Diaz like he wants to fight him. Because you know how proud, proud, proud Rod Babers wow. is 
of the defense as he played on at Texas and proud Longhorn. He was not real happy. With yeah, they didn't have Diaz. to throw it that day. Yeah, and uh, Rod's like, put me in the game, coach. I'll tackle somebody. Good Lord. And we'll see the look in his eye. Rod wanted to go play, and that's what the, I think Celtic fans and past players are saying. Guys, you guys were in the finals last year. That is a lame, lame effort. It's one thing to lose. It's another thing to get steamrolled off the court and not not give a damn, it felt like. Um, Jalen Brown and Jason uh, Jason Tatum and those guys. Another bad, maybe the ugliest of the weekend, Buck, nepotism at its finest at Ann Arbor, Michigan. You see this story? Oh, man. Yeah. Turns out uh, Shemmy Schembechler. Shemmy. Is that his real name, Shemmy? His real name's Glenn. He's named after oh, okay. his father. Uh, um, That's his nickname, Shemmy. Glenn Schembechler. Of course, Bo, Bo Schembechler, his yes. father, was also Glenn, correct? Right. Uh, so he's Glenn. Shemmy Schembechler, who was working in the Michigan football department as a, what was he doing? He had a job as an assistant director of football recruiting. Recruiting, yes. Well, turns on. He, it turns out he had access to the Michigan Twitter account, and uh, they got some. Don't they have some uh, account problems there at Michigan right now? Well, it turns out Shem Beckler appeared to support messages that were at best. Uh, what, what did he do here? He uh, supported. <laughs> but those weren't funny. his private. Those weren't his private deals there, right? Uh, well, yeah. Well, hiring both Shem Beckler's sons hired caused enough controversy in Ann Arbor, anyhow. But then online, his activity, he had a since-deleted social media page in which he liked tweets appearing to support slavery and Jim Crow segregation. He thought, it, he thought it made black people and black families stronger. People are so stupid. I, that's just dumb. Shemmy Schembechler. Ignorant and dumb at even the same if, even time. Even if you did believe that, how stupid do you have to be to like be liking stuff on, on Twitter? Like, I, I mean, that's, that's bad. Thank you, Shemmy. He's Shemmy. out. He's out. He no longer is the. Uh, don't they still? They had some problems with somebody else on the computer there, right? Yeah, I think so. But Coach uh, Weiss or somebody that was a part of their deal using their, using their. I remember that story. At their I don't facility. Oh, I'd like to. I'd like to see Charlie Weiss's internet history. Charlie Weiss. Is that who you're talking? I don't about? know. It's no. another Weiss. That's no, there. No, no, no. But I remember the story. I don't remember the details. This one has just happened over the weekend. But so Shemmy, Schembechler gone for Jim Harbaugh. You know, and he had been around. He wasn't. That wasn't just one of those nepotism deals. That guy worked in the NFL. Well, it was, apparently, it was controversial when they hired him, and I'm not sure why. Because of the son, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good way in. Hey, Shemmy, come run our social media. Oops. All right, uh, we'll come back. We will also uh, wrap things up with a couple more good, bad, and uglies, and one more sad goodbye to a former Longhorn football player who is. Passed away this morning. Terrible piece of news from the Metroplex or just outside of it. Love that for you on the other side. Yeah, man, all over the place today with the good, the bad, and the ugly. A ton to talk about. More to come. Remember our man uh, Jerry Hamilton over at Inside Texas. We talked about it for Texas basketball. Rodney Terry, the return of Tyrese Hunter. But according to uh, Jerry, the Longhorns are in the mix for the North Carolina transfer. Caleb Love, the guard, 6'4", explosive player. Apparently, according to Jerry, he's uh, down to Texas, UConn, and maybe a couple others. But right now, Texas feels uh, in the conversation. Also, the kid from Creighton, Columba, uh, Longhorns are talking to as they continue to try to add pieces to that depth chart. So we'll keep an eye on that this week. For sure, Craig Way just informed us that the Longhorns are the Big 12 champions, shared with two others, and that all three teams got a trophy. 
What is this? Everyone gets a trophy? Everybody gets a trophy. Come on, Big 12. Be better. Just go ahead and declare a champion. Longhorns won that thing. Why are they the one seed? There's a reason you determined that, right? Mathematically. We'll head-to-head record, 4-2 and two for the Longhorns against those teams. Got to have a trophy. No. They don't all have to have trophies. No, they don't. No, what are you doing? Well, that's the Big 12 did. They all got trophies. All got trophies. Where was the year where you were coaching at Texas in the old Southwest Conference and you all got tro- you all got like five ch- five way championship? There's that one right there. <laughs> five way championship. And the, Aggies, what, and the Aggies, the Aggies were ineligible. Yeah, they would have got one too. Well, they would have won it. Yes, there wouldn't have been a five way tie if the Aggies had been eligible. They would have won it outright, if memory serves, in the early nineties. They were cheating. Yeah, but they were cheaters. Yeah, cheaters are not champions. Cheaters are not champions. They just try hard. Yeah, well. Cheaters are not champions. There you go. So that, uh, uh, you know, part of the big conversations of the weekend, Brooksy Kepka. Uh, Rangers and Astros, by the way, opening up series tonight. Both are red hot. Rangers are in Pittsburgh to play the Pirates. That's a cool little series. I do like the, the unbalanced schedule that they're going to. You get to see a lot of teams like Houston's playing Milwaukee uh, in a three-game series starting tonight at Milwaukee. Yep. Kind of cool. Uh, and I think of it for, like, the Brewer fans. I mean, the Astros have... You know, the, the the World Series champions come to their park, which is kind of cool for this fans. This is the best for Pittsburgh. They've started in quite a few years, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, again, the, the, it's now like the, the American League and the National League still exist, but you play a, a higher number of games against your own division, but everywhere else you just kind of bounce around and, and play a little bit of everything. I, I like it, but that'll be fun tonight. With The uh, Brewers are sitting atop the NL Central. The Pirates are right behind them. So the first and second place teams in the NL Central will host the first and second place team in the, in the American League West. Uh, starting tonight. Yes, uh, Lakers will try to live to play another day tonight, Buck. I know, I keep saying it's going to be a long series, but... Uh, no, I hope they not. win tonight, just so I'm right, 4-1. <laughs> just so I'm right. Well, look, if you're Denver, you're like, okay. We no, clo- they, don't, cl- they want closure. Well, well, if you're Denver and you're Michael Malone, you're saying, look, what Miami may close out. we got to get this thing over with. We don't want to be messing around. If, let's just, just close it out. Jamal Murray, keep being a sharpshooter. Uh, Nicola, keep doing what you're doing. They can't handle us in big moments. And what what are the odds that LeBron James in the post game press conference after I lose is like, well, you know, I was playing with a pretty much broken broken leg this entire playoffs, and some's going to be busted. Yeah, no, uh, I I wouldn't be be willing to put money that he mentions that he was not a hundred percent, even though he didn't tell anybody and was pushing through it. It's be Maybe his like risk that. for those three pointers. That's about it. My man Ty with his LeBron James hatred is thick. Thick. He's very predictable. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Okay. Well, he's been one of the greatest players of all time, and he's not, not your favorite. Well, he'll never be considered the greatest. I think no. that's fair to say. But uh, he's within that conversation, uh, no, no doubt. And guess who's putting himself into that conversation? Big picture is Nikola Jokic because he's the best player in the world, and he's doing things we've never seen anybody do, anybody, which is quite incredible. I'll mention this again on Nikola Jokic, who can close out tonight. Uh, he has a chance to join Oscar Robertson, 1961 and 62, as the only. Let me get these stats right. The only two players ever. You got if he, when he picks up his fourth rebound tonight, he'll be the second player in the history of the game with 2,000 points, 1,000 boards, and 800 assists in a single season. Only Oscar Robertson has done it. Pretty good. Pretty doggone good is right. And Oscar did that in way less games. I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Well, and hey. Uh, Grant, not near as tall either. Hey, Grant Williams, don't poke the bear. Don't poke the bear. What are you doing to Jimmy? Why are you talking smack to Jimmy Butler? What are you doing? They all should try it, maybe. No, don't do it. Well, they all did because the Lakers Celtics showed up lame last night, lifeless. Uh, sad news to wrap it up. We told you this earlier, but a former Longhorn football player, 
Jaden Hullaby, who was reported missing by his family late yesterday, has been officially declared deceased at 22 years old. Apparently had a car accident headed west on I-30 last night. 22 years old. for his family. Out of Mansfield. Very sad. Jaden Hullaby, rest in peace. Way too early. Way too young. Buck, have a good Monday. You too, guys. Light the Tower coming next. Craig Way with great stuff from the uh, Baseball Series weekend. Chad and Zay through the midday. Of course, Ball Don't Lie from wrapping it up. And then, of course, uh, Glenn Davis, Soccer Matters at 7 o'clock tonight. Part of a live and local 14-hour day here on The Horn. Chad and Zay. Look, my wife will see any slasher movie. And she loves that franchise. So she was, she was going to go right to the bitter end with Jamie Lee. But she said it was pretty good, yeah. I just saw the original Michael Myers just passed away. Homie was 85 years old. Really? He never even hit a trot. Yeah, I mean, these guys like Jerry Jones running around in the mass. I don't get it. They were like Aaron Rodgers. When Aaron Rodgers takes off, you think, well, he's not making that down marker. He makes it every time. Weekdays 12 to 3 on the Horn. Can't wait to. .com.